I want to give you a brief review of last week, and it's going to be fast and furious, so I want you to listen carefully. And we'll turn to Proverbs chapter 1 in a moment. First of all, what I said last week was healthy relationships begin with you. It's not the stuff out there you've got to fix. It's not the people you've got to get in your life that make it right. You have to be right because everything starts with you being a healthy person. Healthy people attract healthy relationships and other healthy people. It's about you being whole. Because when you're not healthy in here, in your relationship with Jesus Christ, and you're not happy within yourself, you will try to get that happiness from people. And people can't do that for you. They can't do it for me. People can make you happier, but they can't make you happy. Okay? It's too much strain on relationship to expect things from people they can't provide. We were created in the image of God. We were meant for God. And you will only be happy and whole when you have a vibrant, ongoing relationship where you're drawing the source of life from God. If not, you'll become parasitical. You'll latch yourself onto this person, that person, and you'll drive people away. Okay, unless you find another unhealthy person and then you're just kind of latching on each other like, like a leech. Okay, so healthy people attract healthy people. You've got to be right in here. It all begins with you. Number two, healthy relationships are always selfless endeavors. If you look for other people to do in you what only Christ can or you look to other people for only what they can do for you, then you'll never have healthy relationships. When you got a whole person and a whole person, and they connect, watch this, like this, that's healthy. If you have two unhealthy people, they tend to connect like this. They lose their own personal identity in the relationship. Two unhealthy people never connect. We were meant to connect, but as two healthy people. Your goal is not to change anyone. Your goal is not to straighten anyone out. Your goal is not to fix anybody. Only God can do that. Healthy relationships are where you are loving and giving with looking for nothing in return. Nothing. So, they're selfless endeavors. Number Last week, we talked about relationships always suffer when your flesh and self are in control of your life. Healthy relationships always suffer when you're battling to be right, when you're battling to get stuff, when all you're thinking of is yourself. And we close with the purpose of relationship is not to make you happy, it is to make you happier. Now, Next slide, we're going to introduce today's sermon. And I want to tell you the essential element that is required in all relationships, everyone. If you have this one central thing in relationships, you will rarely fail. If this is missing, nothing will ever be right. Aretha Franklin spelled it out for us. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. 
respect. No, I'm not going to sing it, Steve. We'll leave that for your Aretha. Respect is the essential element in every healthy relationships. Now, the Bible rarely uses the word respect. It uses the word honor. In the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew word kabod. Kabod means heavy or weighty. In a figurative sense, it, it means to honor someone with heavy value, with weighty importance, if you will. So go with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Let me tell you how I think this works. Proverbs chapter 1. Look with me down to verse 7. Because it all begins with God. This idea of honor and value. People that don't value themselves allow people in their lives that abuse them. People that don't honor and respect themselves allow disrespect to be a part of their relationships. But it all starts with a vertical relationship, chapter 1, verse 7. Notice it says, the fear, the respect, the fear of the Lord. To honor the Lord is the very beginning of wisdom. Now, beginning can be rendered in the Hebrew the starting point, but it can also be rendered the chief thing, the most important thing. I think it's better thought of like that. The fear of the Lord is the most important thing in wisdom. There's the idea of valuing in a heavy, weighty way the Lord. That we honor Him. With our substance, by the way, let's turn to that, Uh, chapter 3, verse 9. Flip over to chapter 3, verse 9. There's that word, kabod. Chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth. The King James has, honor the Lord with your substance. I like that rendering a little better because I think the idea is more than just money. The idea is everything in your life, the substance of your life, honor the Lord. Give heavy weight to Him. Give great value to Him and what He says and who He is. This is the beginning place. Why is that the chief place in wisdom? For this reason. When we value who He is and we value Him, then then and only then will we find our true value. What do we place value on? Usually it's four or five categories. We place value on position, a person's position. If we had Governor Rick Scott come in here as a governor of our state, he has a position of governor. We would place higher value on him, possibly, as human beings. Another thing is wealth. If Bill Gates were to walk in, you know nothing about the character of Bill Gates, but you know he's loaded. You know, James warned us, don't give him a special spot. 
and tell the homeless guy to sit in the back. We give, we give value to status. You know, if, if the great, 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 great grandson of Abraham Lincoln were to visit our church, wouldn't that be cool? Because in the status of a family, this guy has roots back to Abraham Lincoln. Be even cooler if he looked like Abraham Lincoln. We value status. Sometimes we value character. You know, great moral character in an individual, we value that. What if we took all those categories and wiped them clean? And we understood that valuing people is a direct result of valuing myself in valuing God. What is our worth? Is it our intellect? Our ability to do anything in life? What we drive, where we live? No. A thousand times no. We demean ourselves when we place our value on a car or a house or lands or the ability to pull something off. Whether it's a talent or something we could do that's very good and recognized by others. We devalue ourselves when we allow those categories to draw our self-esteem. We are valued, brethren, because we are created by the hand of God. The psalmist said we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are loved and valued simply because we're His. Because of who He is, He has created. Sometimes we say, oh, He thinks He's all that. I think I'm all that. Don't you? You ought to think you're all that. You know what the that is? You're all that God has made. So next time somebody says, you know, Anthony thinks he's all that. Anthony and I will say, you're darn right I think I'm all that. And I've cussed. He got me cussing now. <laughs> you're right I think I'm all that. I mean, we're not all that because of anything we own or do or anything. We're created by God. See, people with low self-values. Young ladies with low self-values will allow a young boy to take the privileges that ought to be given to her future husband because they're trying to feel important to somebody else. All the young ladies in this church ought to feel valued and highly esteemed because they're created by God and some fellow's lucky someday to marry them and receive them as a gift. That's right. Go with me to Proverbs 19. we got to skip through some Proverbs. Proverbs 19. When you begin to think like that, we don't categorize people when we meet them. I don't know if you've ever done this experiment. I, it wasn't really an experiment. It was just something I've noticed. When you dress up in nice clothes and you go into Publix or Winn-Dixie or wherever you go, watch how people treat you rather than you show up in your, in your scrubs. You just got done cutting the grass. They really do. And that's human. That's normal. But we place value on appearance many times. What if we could wipe that clean and the, and the guy who's homeless on the street, the guy who has absolutely nothing, draws from us equal value with some 
hotshot somewhere. If they both showed up in the same room, we would go to both men equally, showing no preference in the value of those men. Proverbs 19, verse 23. The fear, the respect, the honor that we give the Lord, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it, rest satisfied. You got that? I'm not satisfied because Karen's a good wife and she's a great wife. That doesn't satisfy me. I'm not satisfied in my kids who have turned out. And I thank God for what God's done in both my children and my grandchildren. I got a pretty good son-in-law and daughter-in-law too. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I'm not satisfied in those relationships. I'm not satisfied in anything other than Christ himself. Then all of a sudden you could be a person that gives and loves and is free. And when people don't do like you think they do, you're not disappointed because you didn't expect anything. What a beautiful way to live. Free. Free. You know, we need one another, but we don't need each other. That's why Adam was created a few days before Eve. Adam, I created you. I'm all you need. Oh, by the way, here's another human being that you need too. Go to Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs 28. 14. Chapter 28, verse 14. Chapter 28 of Proverbs, verse 14. Blessed is the one, by the way, when you see blessed in the scripture, it means, oh, how happy. There's an exclamation point for the Hebrews in that word, oh, how happy. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, day in, day out, honoring him, day out, valuing him, day out, Day in, day out, seeing his great greatness and how he has created me as in his image. It goes on to say, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Go with me to chapter 18, verse 12. Chapter 18, verse 12. Chapter 18 of the Proverbs, verse 12. Chapter 18, verse 12, the proverb says this, Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, lifted up, prideful. Before disaster comes and difficulties come, we think we've got the world by the tail. Nothing can stop us. But the Lord allows difficulty to take that pride away. Notice it says, but humility comes before honor. The root of humility is to be human, to realize our humanity created in the image of God. And this is where we draw our value. A couple more Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 21. Chapter 14, verse 21. I saw my life flash before my eyes yesterday. Uh, The rain was coming and we were at... 
the apartment, of course, and Karen said, uh, go out and, if you go, go out and get my umbrella out of the car. So I did. I, like a dutiful husband, I walked down to the parking lot. You ever have one of those lightning strikes that immediately when it strikes, you hear the pounding thunder right after it? It's like it must have been 15 feet away. Because I'm out by the, uh, the car, and all of a sudden, boom! And the, the lightning struck, and you, you have no time to react. You just, you're just like this. So I, br- I bring the umbrella back, you know, and on the way up the stairs, I'm shaking. I'm thinking, you know, I'd have died for an umbrella right here. <laughs> and and she, she would have been to blame for, for sending me down the thing. So I said to her, I said, Karen, I said, uh, what would you think at the funeral, at my funeral, you know, about the old umbrella? I mean, what would you say? I mean, you sent me down, and she said, I would have said that she should have had more sense than to go down there when you saw those thunderclouds coming in. <laughs> Good stuff. Didn't work into the sermon. I just wanted to tell that story. So chapter 14, verse 31. Chapter 14, verse 31. Did I, did I guide you wrong? Chapter 14, verse 31. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker. Whoever puts down the homeless, puts down the weakest among us, whoever thinks they're better than them, preferring the well-to-do to the humble, really taunts, offends the one who made that poor. Notice it goes on to say in verse 31, but he who is generous, giving, loving, sympathetic to those in need, they honor Christ, they honor him. A couple more principles. Take a look behind me. Value is the foundation of respect. Valuing. That we value God. And because we value God, we value ourselves. And when we begin to value ourselves, we value other people. It's the foundation of all of it. The honor of God is the beginning of self-respect. It is the foundation and beginning of it all. There's so many tragic situations in our society, in relationships, that could be avoided by people respecting themselves. When you respect yourself, you do not allow disrespect in your life. You just don't. Now, there are people out there that will disrespect you. They'll say things they shouldn't in a very disrespectful way. They'll treat you in disrespectful ways. But when you value yourself, you don't allow that to happen. Well, how do you avoid that? Good question. Glad you asked. Sometimes it means that you pull away from that person if they continue disrespecting. Sometimes it means marginalizing people that are nothing but poison in your life. Now, what happens if you work with them or live with them? You can't do that so well. 
How do you insist on being respected? Well, I think you verbalize it. I think in a very kind and loving way, you say, you know, what you just said is very disrespectful, and I don't want to hear that again. You, you know, people will say things to people that they, are you ready? They know they can get away with. They really do. If they don't think they can get away from it, away with it, they won't say it. We ourselves will say certain things to certain people, and we won't turn around and say the same things to other people. Putting up healthy, godly boundaries of what you allow in your life. The tragedy of that young girl who got murdered over bonefish grill. Killed. Dumped in a pond. None of that was her fault. None of that. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about something. Would you allow a, a man, ladies, a man in your life that constantly, that wasn't the first time he showed disrespect to her. Either the way he treated her or things he said to her. It's not her fault what happened. But if she would have cut that thing off weeks, months, years before when there was dis... And you know when you've been disrespected. You know when you have. You know when you've been treated by somebody in a dishonoring way. Don't allow it. Because you're respecting yourself. Because you're respecting the creation of God. I think you verbalize it. I think if you verbalize it and nothing changes, you begin some distance. You see? A couple other things will be done. Self-respect does not need to be helped. I saw a football player, uh, a basketball player, been playing in the league for eight, nine weeks. John sent it to me on Facebook. Said, I'm tired of being disrespected. I want some respect. Respect isn't something that people give you. It comes from your understanding of how God has created you. You give yourself self-respect. If you're crying out, saying people are disrespecting, you're allowing it. He was telling on himself. Respect isn't something that anybody has to help you with. You either have it or don't. And you only have it, and I'm going to go back to it again, when you understand that you're a creation of God. You're valuable in his sight. Got it? I'll tell you another thing. Self-respect values all men alike. Self-respect refuses the disrespect of others. Always. I'll tell you another thing of respect is you tend to take your hands off people's lives. Because to do too much for them to do is really a devaluing of those people. That they can't make it on their own. That they can't figure it out on their own. We do too much in other people's lives, and that's disrespect. See? We were at the beach, Fernandina, a couple weeks ago with the grandkids. And as we were sitting there, I noticed a turtle walking toward the ocean. It wasn't a big sea turtle. It wasn't a baby turtle. It was like a medium-sized turtle. And I thought, that's not a sea turtle. That's, a, that's the wrong size to be going down toward the ocean. So I got the kids over there. Uh, 
Lorelei and Landon, and we surrounded it, and we watched it, you know, and we lived. And I know enough about nature. Just leave stuff alone. Just leave it alone. But sure enough, in a few minutes, we went back, sat down, and some lady trying to help got her little boogie board down there and was trying to scoop the turtle up because the turtle got in the surf, and the surf would wash it back in. She got her little boogie board, and she was trying to push it into the ocean, swooping, helping it. A lifeguard ran down and stopped her. Leave the turtle alone. As we were walking back, I asked the fellow what kind of turtle it was. He said it was a gopher turtle. They can't swim. I said, I said what, was he, what was he? Oh, he's up in the surf digging. He gets hot and he comes and cools himself off in the water. Kind of like what we do. The lady was trying to help the turtle, but in helping it, she was killing the turtle. You see? Most of the time, you need to leave people alone. Because in our helping them, we're shooping them, shooping them, shooping them in the ocean. And they need to find their own path in life. The more you do for others, the more you're devaluing them because what you're communicating when you do too much for people is they can't do it themselves. I'm pretty sure you're incapable of handling life So let me just come along and fix stuff for you and always there for you. You also pull the plug on what God wants to do many times in people's lives by devaluing them by doing too much. So that's that's the sermon today. It's about respect. It's the key element in every healthy relationship, bar none. Bar none. Where there's disrespect, there's unhealthiness and hurtfulness. When you respect God, you respect yourself. And when you respect yourself and value yourself, then you value people around you. And you put healthy boundaries of, you don't allow disrespect, but you believe that God can work in the lives of those people. So much damage, so much hurt, so many people are in wheelchairs because they allow this thing of disrespect to run rampant in their families, in homes, um, I'm telling you, it's a huge issue. It's, it needs to start in the family, home, where no disrespect, and you know, you know it when you're being disrespected. You don't demand respect, you expect respect, and you're not happy till you get it, or at least you're not satisfied until that's done. Lord Jesus, we pause and pray at the end of the message, and we ask you to bless as only you can. Help us as we think through these Proverbs, as we honor you, we honor ourselves, and then we honor other people. We honor you in that we esteem you highly and of great value, supreme in our life, and that we see we're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, and we're not based on anything we do, but on who you've created in us. And then as we value ourselves and honor ourselves, that honor to other people and recognition that they're also created in the image of God will play out in our lives and we'll have healthier, healthier. We may have less relationships, but the ones we have will be healthy and strong and normal and beneficial to all. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.